This question is from an anonymous. Dear Adan, what is the meaning of Om Mani Padme Ham and why do people chant it? So the first syllable Om or Omma is to recollect the virtues of the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. And Padme is a lotus. So it's this lotus in the palm of one's hand, this jeweled lotus. So this is a chance to kind of display the respect, devotion that we have towards the uh, goodness of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, and also our respect for the kindness, the metta of the Bodhisattvas, that they teach the Dhamma. So this lotus flower, what that means is the Dharma teachings, the kindness, the compassion that they have towards all beings uh, to help them to share those teachings. So we chant uh, this chant for the sake of praising the virtues of the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, and those beings who are cultivating Bharami, these spiritual qualities, for the sake of attaining to the level of a Buddha. And chanting this is a means of bringing the mind to a state of peace in samadhi. So we already have uh, this faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha already. And then we also have this faith in those who are cultivating the Bharami to be a perfectly self-awakened Buddha. So when our Buddha, he received the prediction uh, that he would be a future Buddha as a Sumedha Bodhisattva, then the self-awakened Buddha of that time and his uh, Arahant disciples and also lay disciples, um, they walked around, they circumambulated the Bodhisattva, you now showing and this is the, the metta uh, that the Buddha had. And so we chant and we recollect this kindness of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, and also the Bodhisattvas. Another question from an anonymous. Dearest Longpa, is discussing Dhamma topics such as Brahma Viharas, etc., considered breaking the noble silence? Also, I observe, the, I observe that noble silence fuels my aversion towards speaking to others I don't know. Should I continue noble silence and fuel this aversion? Thank you. So we should understand that if we've made an antitana determination to not speak, to keep noble silence, then we shouldn't talk about anything, even if that is a topic of Dhamma. But if we have made a determination to speak just a little bit or to only talk about Dhamma, then it's a right to talk about the Brahma Viharas or to talk about meditation objects or subjects. But we may do this, talk about these things, and then the mind just becomes scattered. So it's a good practice to keep this noble silence, to not speak. And we can observe what is the mind like. 
we may observe that we get the feeling we don't want to talk with anyone and maybe this goes off onto vipavadana, uh, so not wanting to have, not wanting to be, the craving to not want that. So we can try this out uh, for a week and then just observe, see what happens, see what feelings come up and see how these feelings arise and cease. So you should bring up this kanti or this endurance first. It's not that you become averse to something and then you just give it up. And then when you do that, you can speak a lot and then the mind becomes very scattered. So you should be observant of what's going on in the mind. And you know, you see now that there's this aversion that's come up, not wanting to speak. And so this is a meeting with the uh, defilements. You see them, and it's good that you have seen them. So you can see that arising and ceasing there as well. So may you be intent on carrying on practicing like this and uh, growing in your forbearance, and then the mind will grow in stillness as well. Dear Lungpa Anan, thank you for your teachings. I am an extrovert. My daily inclinations are usually to comment, give advice, and make small talks. When I am unmindful, I tend to break noble silence and can't help but make small remarks. Can Lung Pa advise me on the best tips to keep noble silence? Is there a bad karma if I break noble silence? Thank you. From struggling, in, um, from struggling extrovert. So this isn't um, bad karma. So we need to understand that people's dispositions or inclinations, they're not the same. And so having an inclination or a disposition towards liking to talk, that this is something that's good as well, but we need to get it into a place of balance, of being just right, just right, because if it's too much, then the mind can become scattered. But if it's also too little and we don't speak at all, then that can be an absence of kindness and compassion. So initially when we come to practice, then we need to try to reduce uh, the speaking that we do. And try that if it's not necessary, then uh, we don't speak. Or we try not to speak a lot, because if we do do a lot of speaking, then we're not meditating. Because in order to converse, then there needs to be thoughts first. And those thoughts are all to do with the sense of self. But we try to bring that self and make it good through kindness and compassion. So we train ourselves like this and don't uh, become delighted or lost in these conversations and try to reduce them. And we can do that a bit at a time, perhaps, maybe from 100% of what we normally do, bring it down to 75%, and try to meditate a lot. But if we don't need to speak, then we should do as little as possible when we have the opportunity to do that. 
so that we're able to be more observant of our minds. A question from an anonymous. Although I am well established, but always worrying about the future, I couldn't enjoy the present. So please advise me on this. Thank you. So this is normal for our minds, um, that they think about things that have passed already with grief. And these thoughts arise in the present moment. And then there's thinking um, about the future as well, if it's not thinking about the past. And so there are these proliferations that come, the sense of worry. And these pull our minds away from the present moment, and so they're not at peace, and this agitation arises. So therefore we can contemplate the future, what's ahead of us. And how many years do we have left? What age will we reach in this life? And can we be sure of that? So 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, do we have this amount of time left? And is there anyone who can guarantee this time for us? Well, there isn't. And so we see that people are born and we see that they die. And we've all seen this, that this is how it is. This is natural, it's normal. So therefore we shouldn't worry about the economy or about politics or about wars because these things are not sure. And the Buddha, he reminded us and got us to bring up our sati, our mindfulness, through this recollection of death, to do this many times per day, for the sake of bringing the mind to peace in the present moment, bringing this up first. So if we worry about things, wondering what they're going to be like, then the mind isn't at peace, it's just agitated. So we can bring up these meditation words in the present moment, seeing the drawbacks of a mind that's always thinking about the past and the future, training ourselves like this with these meditation words. And if we do that, then one day the mind will reach peace. Dear Ajahn, greetings. I hope you find this question acceptable. I think Buddhism and its teachings are inspiring. However, I am unable to concentrate on meditating most of the time. I would call it boring even. Have you ever felt bored while meditating? And how do you make this process easier? Thank you. So chosen. The person who asks this question is trying to find some companions, uh, wanting to find out who else is feeling fed up or bored with the practice. And they feel that if uh, someone else is bored with cultivating samadhi, then they'll feel more at ease. And uh, feeling like, well, you know, th there are some other people who are like me, you know, who feel like they can't do this, who feel bored with this. And so this is natural for humans, the society of humans, to be this way. But if we watch movies, listen to music, things that we get lost and delighted by, then there's a feeling of boredom there, that there's a craving there, wanting to have, wanting to be, and this is what craving is like. 
And when we try to get out of that craving, then the mind cannot be at peace because it doesn't find that kind of delight, that deluded delight in the practice like it did with these other things. So that boredom is a defilement that is coming up and it tries to trick us, to get us to give the practice up so that we can go back and be its slave like we were before, trying to convince us that that would be a better thing for us to do. So we shouldn't believe this boredom. Because if we you know, just do these things, if we um, kind of chat with one another or we watch movies, listen to music, then the mind is just um, scattered. And then when we meet with old age, sickness, pains in the body, what are we going to have to fight against that? If we experience suffering in our hearts, then what are we going to bring up to fight with that? So when we become um, bored in this path of practice, we should endure. And so there was one monk who uh, he had ordained for not long, and he didn't have much faith in practicing meditation. He couldn't really sit in samadhi. And he felt quite bored, fed up with this. And Ajahn Chah said to him, well, I've been a monk for so long now, and, I have, and I'm not bored, so why are you bored? And some people like this. Um, after not long, they can become bored with cultivating samadhi. We should bring up this forbearance first. Because if while we're a student, we got bored with our studies, then we wouldn't gain any knowledge. If while we're at work, um, we get bored, fed up with our work, and we give it up, then we won't gain any money. So we need to see the drawbacks of this and the harm in the cycle of samsara as well. Because if we just follow our moods, then we have to be born and die many times. And this is far more suffering and far more torturous. Dear Ajahn, you mentioned the breaking of five precepts and its karma. Most often, the third and fourth precepts are broken in the mind, which has no control. So how do we protect oneself from the mind breaking the precepts? Thank you. So this sila virtue or these precepts, they're a matter of the body and the speech. And so we don't break the precepts through uh, actions of body and speech. We don't have the intention to do anything that would be breaking those precepts. But the question that was asked, that was with regards to the mind. So are these activities, are they bad karma? They are, this is, uh, this is manual karma, so actions of the mind. But it's not a breaking of the precepts. These precepts are still intact and complete. So it's like a tiger. You consider the tigers to be these dangerous animals that 
they can eat people. But if we catch a tiger and we put it into a cage, we don't give it any food or water, then it will run out of strength just um, by itself. So if we think these thoughts, but we don't act upon them through body or speech, then our sila, our precepts, are still intact. There are these thoughts, but we don't act upon them. And the energy of our sila, it grows. And so we get that uh, strength there. And then these thoughts, they start losing their strength. But then how do we control the minds then? There may be this fear of uh, the mind dropping through this bad karma and uh, going to hell. But we control the mind with these meditation objects, kamatana objects. We do this a lot. So if the eye sees a form, then there may be liking, or we hear a sound, there may be liking then there's proliferation. If there's attraction towards what we experience, then there's one kind of proliferation. If there's aversion, there's another kind of proliferation. We should train our minds a lot to bring them to peace through these meditation objects. We can recite this word Buddha very quickly uh, without any gaps. So Buddha, Dhammo, Sanko, we can pick up a chant or contemplate this body as being something unattractive. So like contemplating the body when it's died already, then how exactly does it decay? And what's that like? How does it get bloated? We can see all of the organs there within the body. And this can relieve the uh, lust or the attraction that we can feel through our practice of meditation. So you should use this meditation to train your mind and to do this a lot. <laughs> 